Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Max. And I'm Skylar. Recently, we decided to start watching Bob's Burgers to see what it was all about. And it didn't take us long to become completely obsessed with the show. But one of the things we love the most about the show is the brilliant end credit sequences. Which is why we created this podcast. Each week, we're going episode by episode to talk about the elaborate end credits. We're excited to have you join us right here on Bob's Credits. We'll make sure the Bob's Burgers end credits get the credit they're due. All right! Chim chiminy, chim chiminy, chip chip how have I not done that one already? How have you not done that one? It's like made for it. I feel like I'm like hidden here, but I'm too cozy to sit up properly. Yeah, we've got like these big kind of like, uh, I don't know what these things are called over the mic that stop know. you from putting or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what they are? That's kind of, it's, it's a filter. Oh, I think it's called a pot filter. Something oh, okay. Like that. I don't ask questions. I just show up. Wow. What a way to start the podcast. Here we are, Skylar. Another day, another, another day, episode. Another episode. I went swimming this morning and one of my ears still has water in it. Really? So I'm really just hearing you on one side. It's very weird. Oh, wow. I'm sorry about that. My mom used to pour alcohol in my ear after I went swimming. Like whiskey? No, like rubbing alcohol. Oh. And then you flip over and it goes glug, 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 glug. And it goes oh. out your ear. It's like the quintessential. If I use that word one more time on this podcast, it is the epitome of a summer memory. Pouring alcohol in your ear. Yeah. You go swimming all day and you're like, mom, I have water in my, water ear. In my ear. Glug, 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 glug. Yeah. It's the most Problem satisfying solved. sound ever. We'll not, do it today. Don't not worry. the like hopping on one leg with your no, head tilted. No, because that doesn't work. Yeah, but it's fun to watch people do that. I it gives me a headache. We have already gone on a tangent. That is nice and early for us. Chip Chipperoo, everyone. We are so excited to have you here with us. We are going to get into this very exciting episode and the end credits for that episode. We're coming pretty damn close to the end. We are. We're in the final stretch of we season are? six. Yeah, we've got two more episodes after this. No. For season six. We're dangerously close i'd say dangerously to our hundredth episode bob's Ooh, credits what's dangerous about that uh, i don't know people have been listening to us <laughs> we've influenced people from listening to us i don't know there's nothing dangerous about it we're excited we might have a little um celebration with a giveaway of sorts yeah for our hundredth episode wow it's very exciting skylar and i never knew 
Oh, when I thought you were first... going to say we've never followed through <laughs> enough to reach 100 anything. Skyland had never followed through on any project for it to have come this far. But we never knew when we sat down with these microphones to talk to each other face-to-face about Paws Burgers that we would get this far, and we're very excited about it. Yeah, total highlight. We're also very excited about some of our new Patreon subscribers. We call them regular customers. We call them regulars, just like Teddy. First of all, we have two that we have to thank here. First up is Kylie Fittipaldi, or Fittipaldi, I think. is. It seems like an Italian name to me. I'm sorry if you're not Italian, Kylie. Uh, (laughs) But moving forward, your name will be known as the Rye Leaf 50 Poultry Burger. It's a 50-ounce chicken burger with lettuce served on rye bread. What? Yeah, it's it's a monster. It's one of those ones that you go into a restaurant <laughs> and like, it's like a, a challenge to eat it. And if you eat the whole thing, you get, you get like photo. a t-shirt. Yeah. I like the or photo you, up on the wall. Or the photo up on the wall. There you go. You want your photo up on Bob's Burgers, you got to eat the Riley 50 poultry burger. So it's like 50 pounds of poultry? Not pounds, ounces. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sorry that I don't want 50 pounds of Not pounds, it's ounces. You said pounds. I did not, I said ounces. Yeah, play it back. Play it back, I think I said ounces. <laughs> okay. I'm going to play it back right here, okay. slow motion. It's a 50-ounce chicken burger, 50-ounce chicken burger, 50-ounce... Wait, 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 I got to go on a quick tangent. Yes. On reality TV shows... When they get like really drunk or sometimes they're not even drunk, but they're like, I never said that. Play it back. Play it back. I just want to be like, no, this is a reality TV show. They can play it back. And you did say that. Like, don't. Why are you screaming? Play it back. They do have the receipts. And (laughs) you're going to come back to bite you in the butt. Probably going to come back to bite me in the butt. I hope it bites you in the butt. Thank you. We have another Patreon subscriber to thank. Brian Mattis. Moving forward, you will be known as the Frying Haggis Burger. Oh, what's haggis? Okay, well, haggis is, uh, this is according to Merriam-Webster. Um, our it's dear a, friend Marion. Yeah, uh, Merriam. Merriam, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> a, a traditionally Scottish dish that consists of the heart, liver, l- and lungs of a sheep or calf, mince with suet, not sweat, suet, mm-hmm. onions, mm-hmm. oatmeal, and seasonings, and boiled in the stomach of the animal. Okay. I, I don't want to disrespect anyone's culture, but I'm not eating at your restaurant necessarily, Max. <laughs> I think haggis is kind of like a known, like, it's even Scottish people don't like it that much. But I don't know. If you're Scottish and you happen yeah. to have been raised on haggis and you love it, let us know. I'm sorry, Brian. Um, but I think the name is great. I like oh, the frying haggis burger. Yeah, I mean, fry anything. True. And so, we're going to be talking about french fries a lot in this episode today. You're right. And maybe haggis fried is a lot different than just like haggis as is. I yeah. don't know. I'm just an uncultured American. I'm sorry if I offended anyone. I will say I will try haggis. Oh, I would try least. it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, you two. For those of you who want your name, Burger Pun, right here on the show, you can subscribe to our $5 tier where you will get that and you also get access to a whole bunch of bonus episodes that we've got and access to our discord where we have the most delightful community of Bosburgers fans in the world. Yeah. They're so kind. They're so passionate about Bosburgers and they're so welcoming. Let yep. me just say, 
We love having new people join us there. So there you have it. Any other business before we kind of get going here, Skylar? No, no biz. Okay. I will just tell everyone that our Halloween merch brainstorming session went very well. I'm just going to put that out there. We've got some pieces that will be going up in the shop pretty soon. And hopefully you can get them by Halloween. I'm not hopefully. That's the the plan. (laughs) (laughs) It's just going so well today. Just going so well. Uh, Bobscredits.com slash shop. Let's get into it. Let's do it. What we do here. What we do best. Yeah. What we do in the shadows. No, wrong show. All right. Are you ready for Skylar Sides? The facts before the fun facts. Dish it, girl. This is brought to you by one of our followers on Instagram. I'm so excited about this. First, I have to ask you, did you ever go to Jewish summer camp? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This is so up your alley, I can't even tell you. Okay, Okay? yeah. And honestly, I'm ashamed that you didn't explain this to me. So do you know how Mr. Frond has a game called Gaga Ball? Okay, first of all, I know what you're going to talk about here. Okay. And I want to tell you that I did tell you this when we watched this episode, but go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) So I love that you're calling me out here. Wait, no. I told you all no. about this at, at my camp. It's coming when we to my head. Yes. It's coming back to me. Okay, okay but tell for... us the facts and then I'll tell okay. you. So I get a DM. I can't remember their name because I still haven't figured out how to organize our DMs so I don't just lose them. So DM me again and I'll give you a proper credit. But I got the most delightful <laughs> DM and they were like, so Gaga Ball is a real thing. And I didn't know it. They were walking through a park and stumbled across children playing gaga ball like in the gaga ball fencing and stuff so i forgot that this was a real thing it kind of stuck in my head that mr frond had invented it so if this is new info to you gaga ball is in fact a very real thing do you want since you have experience do you want to explain it to us max yeah i mean i don't remember the like rules specifically, mm-hmm. but we had it at yeah at the summer camp that I went to. Um, we had it at day camps I went to, and what it there's always a pit. Mm-hmm. There's like this circle that you get into, so you can you kind of have like um, walls. Behind yeah, you. yeah, walls behind you, and it's a little bit like dodgeball. And you could hit the you can it's like a handball that you have, and you can like hit the ball certain ways. I think with a flat hand or a fist. I don't know the specific oh, rules. Okay, and you're trying to get other people, you know, other the other team out. Great, got it. It's now, a lot of fun. We used to play it. You would wet down the pit because it's in like a sand pit. Uh huh. And you play like mud gaga. It's so fun. Whoa! At summer camp, yeah. Whenever you Google gaga ball, like the shopping comes up and the first pit is like $3,000. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was really intense. But did you know that in Hebrew, gaga means touch, touch? Lady touch, touch? (laughs) Did you know that? That's... No, that makes sense though. Okay, all right. So according to the New York Times, Gaga Ball was played at Jewish summer camps beginning in the 1970s. Mm, sounds about right, because yeah. I went to Jewish summer camps in the 1980s and yeah. 90s, maybe. Yeah. So there you go. Uh-huh. Now you know Mr. Fron did not properly credit Max's 
summer camp. Yeah, he should have specifically said <laughs> in the episode that this was Max Miller. He should have broken the fourth wall, turned to the camera in that episode and said, and I had we hadn't done this podcast yet, I don't think, when this episode came up. And well, said, that's his problem. And said, I'm predicting the future and also breaking the fourth wall here. Max Miller, the, one of the hosts of Bob's Credits, a Bob's Burger podcast, this is based on a game you played at your Jewish summer camp as a child. Exactly. That That's what all I was really trying to say. Yeah. Should we play Bob pun or Max pun? Yes. Uh, this week, I have decided to go back to doing pest control trucks. So, I'm going to start switching so it up. I'm not, like not going to just do burger puns from Keep now on. everyone on their toes. Yeah, we've done plenty of burger puns. I'll still come back to them, but I'm going to switch it up. So, are you ready for your first Bob's pun or Max pun? Yeah. Bedbugs and broomsticks. Max. Yes. Because you know, I don't get it. Bed knobs and broomsticks is a Disney movie, an animated, like a animated with live action Disney movie from the 70s. Uh, okay. Your next pun is Ants, Ants Revolution. Max. Yes. That's wow. really good. Your next pun is Fleas Come Home for Christmas. Max. Yes. I love that so much. Thank you. What if the fleas did come home for Christmas? That's just lovely. Like to their um, flea mama? Yeah, right? Not our home, but th- yeah. to their little home. And your final pun is, is that your final aunt, sir? Exterminators. <laughs> this is really hard. Max. No. No. You're so close. I was just, I was really oh, flip-flopping. You were so close. I wish. I love that one so much. I think it is one <laughs> of the most brilliant puns the show has ever done. Should we get into this episode? Yes. Skylar, can we have the title and synopsis for season six, episode 17, please? Yes, chef. Love it. The title is The Horse rider Er. Bob sacrifices fixing his deep fryer in order to send Tina to horse camp, much to Teddy's absolute devastation. At Horsing Around Riding Center, Tina and her assigned horse, Plops, are not getting along. Will Jericho show up to save the day at the end of camp exhibition? Meanwhile, not wanting Louise and Jean to feel left out, Linda invents restaurant camp. All right. This episode came out on May 15th, 2016. It was written by Nora Smith and directed by Tyree Dillahay. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Is Yeehaw. Right. Yeehaw is right. Tell me your thoughts on this episode. We just watched it yesterday. Rewatched it yesterday, it's I should say. so... Tina... I think this is one of my favorite endings to an episode. Tina writing Jericho. Like, yeah. in her head, it's so cinematic. Yeah, we'll play that because it's the last clip before the end credits, but it's such a fun ending and a great ending and another wonderful, like, the supportiveness of this family. Oh my gosh, I think Jean says it like, I love my weird sister. But just watching her trot around by herself, no No, horse in sight. And no shame. No shame. In fact, the opposite, Mm -hmm. Joy, was just lovely yeah i love it how how did we get there let's let's talk a little bit about this you mentioned that bob decides to forego the deep fryer or fixing it or replacing it and 
this is, you know, we've seen this a few times now where Bob, you know, the restaurant is one of the most important things in the world to him, to the family and stuff like that. But he often has to choose between the happiness of his children mm-hmm. or family mm-hmm. or can I keep the restaurant going the way it should be going. And the, the happiness of his family always kind of like wins out, wins out, which is so incredible. This reminds me of when he puts on the party for uh, Tina's oh. birthday and, and takes on the do- the job driving in Sheesh Cab Bob. He will do a lot for Tina. It's so it's so sweet. And what's also really sweet is it's actually not necessarily his idea. It's Gene and Louise's idea. They're like, this girl has got to go to horse camp. So they're the ones that push it, which I think is just so sweet and adorable. I was going to tell you. I don't think I have as good of a heart as Bob because I would fix <laughs> I would fix the fryer. Well, I mean, how can you not have fries at your restaurant? <laughs> yeah, you and I are, and you and I are pretty serious about when it comes to fries with burgers. So I'm on I'm like Team Teddy here because I'm just I, I we should have a segment called Max and Skylar walk around the block because I tell stories about our walks on here all the time. We were walking around the block the other day and I was like. Max, the older I get, the more I realize that French fries are truly one of the greatest, I'm going to say, food groups ever. I agree. And now I'm craving it. I think we might have to do that for dinner, just FYI. But we'll discuss discuss. off the mic. Yeah. You mentioned Teddy, and I love when (laughs) a decision this family makes affects Teddy, like like his day-to-day, like, and, and... it's throws so throws good. off his entire life because of a decision this family makes. He's so tethered to the Belchers and whatever happens in their lives that the slightest decision just like throws him off. So without fries, he's going crazy. And what's so funny is he like tries to accept it. He's like, "Oh, that's great for Tina," as he's like squeezing ketchup onto his burger angrily. It's so funny and. I understand, like, Teddy's their regular, Teddy's kind of like a family member. Yeah. They can explain it to him, but having to explain it to other customers, oof, if I got somewhere and I was expecting they had fries on the menu and I was expecting to have fries with my burger, I would not be, not be pleased. The whole time, I was just like, this is how intensely I think about fries. I was just like, go get a freezer bag of fries and put them in the oven. Like, I know that that's not financially viable at a restaurant but like apparently it doesn't have a lot of customers pop those babies in the oven there you go anyway get skylar on the show draw her in <laughs> i don't mean like draw her in like like oh just, drag her in oh. like draw her why so i can be the as, french fry police yeah you can come oh that's nice <laughs> okay so now you have a whole unit i'm picturing a whole skylar character in the boss burgers universe that's like hugo but just for french fries Oh, I don't want to be associated with Hugo. Can I be like the cool hip Hugo? Yeah, but you said like French fry police. So yeah. if you come in and like, yeah, make sure. Oh, I'll be like a YouTuber and my handle's like the French fry snob. Yeah. Hey, hey, everyone. It's your girl, Skylar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Tina goes to horse camp and we get Tammy and Jocelyn there. I'm never going to complain about Jocelyn being an episode. Well, she's particularly great. She in, is. in all of this. Just she, her stupidity about horses is hysterical. She's fantastic. We get her mom, who sounds just like her. The first time you watch this episode and they show her mom 
it's just like, whoa. Talk about a great day to be a Bob's fan. Yeah, I need a whole Jocelyn at home side story <laughs> at some point. Yeah. We also, this is where we meet Plops the horse. Plops is not the greatest horse. Over on Patreon, Skylar and I just did recently a um, Ultimate Animals on Bob's Burger Showdown. And Plops was in the mix, was in the running. We did a whole bracket, by the way, if you go over there and end up joining and you can fill out your own bracket before you listen to the episode. It's a lot of fun. And we share those on Discord. Plops struggled a little bit, like he does I in think this episode. Plops is misunderstood. Sure. And I think Tina's expectations are too high. Like, it's true. Her fantasy with Jericho is that she tamed Jericho. Like, if you're going to be the horse whisperer, Tina, here's your chance. It's the classic, if you create these, this perfection and an un, unreachable expectations for reality, you're never going to be satisfied with what you have. Max, Bob's is full of life, life lessons. I know. Let's talk about Jericho for a moment. Okay. Her imaginary horse, voiced by... Paul Rudd. Yes. Perfect voice for this horse. Perfect. Would you say he's the star of this episode? The star? Yeah. Hmm. Sure. I mean, Tina's the star with her end performance for sure, but it's just such an iconic episode because of Jericho and how funny he is. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. And you know what? Jericho, I was talking about our little showdown over on uh, Patreon. Jericho didn't get to be on that showdown because we decided that he was a quote unquote fictional animal in the world. And well, it wasn't Tina fair to compete. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe we can have him. We'll do like maybe like a best guest voice appearance showdown Ooh. of some sort. And we can see. And so Paul Rudd as Jericho can be on that over okay. on Patreon when we do that. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So the first time, there's a moment where Jericho asks Tina to... Talk about the time they first met. <laughs> and we get this Tina on a shipwrecked island with Jericho. Jericho's a wild horse and Tina tames Jericho. Mm, yes. This is a direct parody of the 1979 film, The Black Stallion. Oh, I remember that. Which is based on the 1941 book, The Black Stallion. And that is the story of a boy who is shipwrecked on a deserted island with a stallion he develops a bond with. Checks out. Just while we're talking about this flashback, I didn't realize just how exact the movie, not parodied this episode, but borrowed from this episode. This is where we go. It's like the sunsets and the widescreen. Oh, you're talking about in the the fantasy sequence of Tina's in the movie. In the, the movie. Bob's movie. Compared to this, I was like, I didn't realize how similar it was. Same like coloring and yeah. It's beautiful. I love Tina's Fantasyland. Seeing that on the big screen was truly a gift. It was beautiful. Yeah, I'm glad uh, Jericho got to make that appearance in there. Me too. Okay, what about what the rest of the gang is up to over in the restaurant? What's Linda doing? What's what's G What are Gina Louise up to here? This is so Linda wanting to be a camp counselor with such limited resources, but just being over like so optimistic about it and i have to say linda and her camp counselor shorts is just perfection giving me iconic 70s gaga ball vibes touch 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 yeah perfect perfect outfit linda looks great in it and what do you think about restaurant camp would you attend oh hell yes yeah yeah, I like floor, I agree. Floor canoeing, yeah, that what I agree with the epiphany that Jean and Louise have when they're sitting on the couch, and then they're like, "We miss restaurant camp." I need structure and activities in the summer. When I get bored in the summer, it's it's not pretty. I've told you the story that my mom used to have a camp in the summer, a quote unquote camp in the yes. summer. And what it was, she'd call it Camp Camp Miller. Let me interrupt you for a yeah. second. This is, I'm just going to say it because I have to. This is quintessential Max Miller's mother. Okay. Yeah. So she calls it Camp Miller. And what it was, was 
everyone's kids are invited. All like family, friends, kids are invited to come spend the night. Yeah, yeah. We had a pool and stuff like that. And it was really just the kids get to swim and watch movies and have snacks. And my mom would check in occasionally, (laughs) really. I I remember there being pizza. You told me there was pizza. Oh, there was always pizza ordered. When we were swimming, we had, until once we got older, you know, we were okay. But like there was always an adult and stuff like that. But my mom would just check in occasionally, which is classic. It's so good. But anyway, when I see Linda running restaurant camp, it reminds me of my mom and Camp Miller. I yeah. love that so much. Especially when uh, Jimmy Pesto drops Andy and Ollie off to join so in. So funny. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I also, Linda doesn't get her feelings hurt that often. And when she overhears the kids saying like, we're just doing this to get out of work. Like we actually like hate it. It's kind of nice to get to see her get mad. Like she, she was busting her ass for restaurant camp. Mm-hmm. Definitely. She had a, a a campsite set up in the middle of the night. Like, she's she's such an amazing mother. And I'm very glad that she was able to scare the crap out of them with apron face. Because I was Hell worried yes. at that point that she was going to do it and they just weren't even react. They deserve to get the yes. crap scared out of them at that point. So I'm totally. glad she can pull that off. Oh, I just thought of something. Does this go against Louise's statement in The Haunting that she doesn't scare? Oh, it uh, could. It oh. could. It could. Yeah, yeah. That seems a little too simple for Louise, but maybe she was caught off guard here. Yeah. Uh, and maybe she scares a little bit easier than she thinks yeah. she does. <laughs> After that night, everything changed. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that like triggered something in her. So I've got some fun facts. We want to start kind of like going through them. Hit me with your fun Let me start facts. off. Oh, I love when you sing that. I just want to say that Doris, the horse camp leader. Yes. Was voiced by Brooke Dillman, who she voices so many characters in the show. We've mentioned her before. Oh. I counted the characters on fandom. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like an official count, mm-hmm. but I had 36 total, <gasps> including the voice of Jamie Lee Curtis in Mother Daughter Laser Razor. Oh my God. Amazing. But I told you this the last time we mentioned her, you'd recognize her as Pam's landlord in the office that Pam yes. hooks up with Michael and Michael is so mean to her. Do y'all remember this? They go, she has like uh, brunette hair and like brunette bangs and Michael and her go get coffee at a coffee shop and Michael is so mean. Yeah, but Brooke Dillman is so good in that, in that whole episode. It's great acting. She, so good. So great voice work on this show. She does so many voices. I w- I said, is that Carol Burnett? Yeah, you did. But I think that was really just because the character kind of looks like Carol Burnett. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Carol Burnett's been on Better Call Saul she lately, She was though. so good. Yeah. Very nice to see her on there. Here's something for continuity that the internet sleuths pointed out. Mr. Pinecone, who, when the kids are kind of like offering up stuff that the family can sell. Mm-hmm was most likely made from the pine cone that Mudflap gives the Belchers at the end of Wag the Hog. So unless Gene has a whole collection of pine cones, which I would not be surprised, this was the one that they were given and he turned it into Mr. Pinecone. I love that. I think that's truly fantastic. I like to think that that's the case. Oh, I, what show are we talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, of course that's the case. And my final fun fact for you is that this episode was nominated... For the Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program, 
Wow. This was the fifth year in a row that Bob's Burgers was nominated in that category. Okay. The only other animated series to have a streak that long, yes, was The Simpsons. Now, any guesses what animated show it lost to that year? It has very direct connection of Bob's Burgers. A Archer. Yes. Archer won that year. So uh, good job, H. John Benjamin. You're a winner all around. Uh, that sorry, must have been Bob's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it wasn't. But I'm yeah, sure, you know, yeah. Those are the fun facts I have for you. Unless you have anything you want to talk about before we get into the end credits, we can get into them. No, I just I want to say these have been two amazing Tina centric episodes back to back. This feels like a golden era. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, this is one I like to come back to over and over again, especially as we said, this like last moment before the end credits. Let's do it. Okay. So the whole family is at the horse camp. They're supposed to see Tina show off everything she's learned at horse camp on her horse, and she is riding an imaginary horse. This comes moments Excuse after. Excuse me. Yeah, sorry. She's riding an imaginary horse. Jericho. Yeah. Sorry. This comes moments after Tammy pulls a Veruca Salt from mm-hmm. uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka, whatever the book is called Do the, in the voice. movie. Do the voice. Daddy, I want a Noompa Loompa now. <laughs> but I want but, it now. Oh, that was way better. Yeah, a very Veruca Salt moment here for Tammy. She... Is being Tammy. She needs an imaginary horse herself, and her dad is looking into it. God, like, like an idiot. Googling it on his phone. Her dad, voiced by David Herman, by the way, who's oh, Mr. Frond, as we know. Let's uh, move into uh, the last scene and the end credits. Yay! That's my daughter! Way to go, Tina! I love my weird brave sister! Ride, you glorious fool! Ride! Woohoo! Ride! tell me what happens there i just noticed the music more it's so lovely it's so great so it's got a close-up of the family as they're all making these comments and then it cuts to like a wide shot of just little tina so small like a little ant uh ant ant revolution just hopping around this little like course i know but that's what's so funny about it it's the shot is like an epic. The music is like an epic. And it's just Tina running around in some sand. It's glorious. Yeah. And then it cuts to her, what's going on in her head, pretty much. Which is the gorgeous sunset. Yeah. Riding Jericho. Yep. And then what happens as we get into the end credits here? We go to classic kitchen scene. Louise is prepping. Bob is prepping. But Tina is not. Tina is standing next to Jericho, who is up on his hind legs doing what dancing and singing there's paul paul rudd in all his glory yes and he's end credits yep let's see how these play out i love tina adding her like woohoos in there so the music kind of takes a little change there and gets a little more uh show busy would you say like show businessy yeah like yeah. old-timey show yes. businessy and jericho starts doing the charleston is that what that is what's those little steps okay i would say that you could say the charleston okay Let's see. what would you call these oh oh that's totally the charleston 
I just figured I'd let it play because I love the music and I love hearing Paul Rudd just do yet that does. Yeah. So yeah, he's kind of like doing like the Charleston, then does like the knees crossing thing. Yes. That move, which we've seen in these end credits before. Mm-hmm. Then back um, to the Charleston. Back to the Charleston. Linda comes into the window to get the burger. What's Tina doing? How's she dancing? She's kind of like swinging her arms side to side. Yeah. And then when she does woohoo, she like presents her hand up. <laughs> She's um, so supportive. So supportive. Gene makes an appearance as he normally does in his burger suit, just kind of like walking across the screen. I assume this is all in Tina's head. No one's reacting to her dancing. Or- yeah. I mean, it is an imaginary horse. We didn't, you know, we didn't all of a sudden all see Jericho when she was riding around. The- yeah. my But my point is that Tina could still be dancing in the restaurant like this. <laughs> And only she sees Jericho, obviously, and the rest of the family is like, yeah, she's been doing that since we got home with the horse. Well, that's that's perfect because that's when Louise and Jean, they walk into her room and she looks so silly and dorky just like by herself acting out this thing. And they're like, we got to get her to horse camp. Mm-hmm. So she's probably – horse camp did not help. She's still in the kitchen dancing around with an imaginary horse. Which I just want to point out that before we had Biscuit, you and I talked to Biscuit. Oh, yeah. I know how weird that sounds, but we just kind of had an image of him in our head, even though we hadn't gotten the dog yet. And so we kind of like would talk to him and it was kind of like Jericho. We uh, really would. Yeah. What what celebrity do you think did his voice Um, before we got Biscuit? He has a different voice now. Polly Walnuts. I was going to say James Gandolfini. So yeah, one of the Sopranos. Yeah. One of the Sopranos. Was Biscuit's voice before we had him. He's so sweet. Yeah, he just left the room. He does not want to have anything to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll leave you with the imaginary dog, guys. Thanks, B. Highlights, lowlights for these end credits. I think my highlight is how big a personality. Like, Tina has such a small personality, and she's assigned this huge personality to her imaginary horse, and she is so content Letting her imaginary horse be the star and just watching him Charleston and and then, of course, Paul Rudd's da, 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 da. It's hysterical. Yeah, I think the casting is important, too, for the voice. Like, just to have cast someone who, like, is, like, universally loved, I feel like. Paul Rudd is such, like, a, you know, just, like, beloved actor all across the board. I don't think anyone really, like, dislikes him. As far as I know, I'm sure some people do. It's everyone has their preferences, but he's very likable and totally. has been around a very long time and on yeah. screen a very long time. So it's just funny that he's like, it's perfectly cast. I can't 100%. think of someone who would be better to voice this horse. And perfectly like drawn too. Uh-huh. He, he's also just like bigger than a horse should be, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's it, an immaculate horse. Tina has <laughs> yes. a great imagination. Yes. I love the music. I love seeing Jericho up on two legs. I love a Charleston. I wish I could do it myself. Oh, Maybe. I can teach you. Let's teach me this weekend. I would okay. like to learn okay, if that's cool. okay with you. I would love to teach you. Okay, You know Scott. I'm a very patient dance teacher. Yeah, and you know you're going to have to be very patient with me. I know. I'm looking forward to learning the Charleston now. Great. Do you have any lowlights? 
I'm going to throw it to you. Do you have any lowlights? I don't really. Like, these aren't perfect credits to me, not to, like, spoil mm-hmm. my my score that's coming mm-hmm. up, but I don't have any lowlights, really, coming out of the episode. Can I say something? Sure. I wanted to, like, laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. And it's not a... Or, like, chuckle to myself. And it, it didn't really do that to me. I was just like, this is adorable. That's kind of the feeling I got. Yeah. Maybe I would have enjoyed, like... Jericho just helping Tina prep burgers or something. Yes, and they're like, having a like, conversation. A, yeah. That would have um, been really it funny. It would have been funny to like see him like kind of like handing stuff to her and helping her and her just like looking up at him. Yeah. But I like his dancing too. Like I'm not complaining about this at all. Yeah. But even if the dialogue was like Jericho being like, no, Jimmy's totally in love with you. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be clear about mm-hmm. that. Cute like girl talk or whatever. I also found the denim jeans joke in the episode so funny. He's like, I'm not dressed for this. Like, I, so like watching him pick out his outfit could have been like funny. Oh, yeah, sure. I thought this was really sweet and cute. It didn't make me like laugh out loud. Mm hmm. Um, Which not everything has to make you laugh out loud. No, not at all. Sometimes they're just endearing and credits yes. that are like, yeah. Should we score them? Yeah, you go first. We score on a scale of 1 to 10 H's at the end of Tina's uh. Uh, I'm going to give these a solid 8.5. I'll meet you right there. 8.5? Yeah. Okay. No math. Yeah. Very simple. Again, not perfection. I'm not up there with our top credits of all time, but I love here. Again, Paul Rudd dancing as a horse. That alone. Gets me. Also, I'm already starting to think of Halloween. I literally got a marketing email today that was like, spooky season is here. So if Crate and Barrel can talk about it, I can talk about it. Idea for your Halloween costume. If anyone wants to go as regular size Rudy as Paul Rudd from I Love You Man, I think that would be a hysterical costume. The internet might be the only people to get it. Not the people you go to a party with. But I think that would be hysterical. Yeah, I think that'd be funny too. Yeah. Especially you haven't explained it all night. Yeah. <laughs> That's your first hell. Of all, first of all, you probably just look dressed normally like regular size Rudy does as Paul Rudd and I love you, man. <laughs> but then you have to explain the double <laughs> So many layers of funny uh, and mundane. Yeah. It's so fun. Nothing nothing beats a Halloween costume that you have to ex- over-explain yeah. the entirety of your <laughs> night out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Those were the end credits to... The Horse Rider-er. I think I forgot to mention that that's obviously a play on The Horse Whisperer. Yep. Follow us on social media. Bob's credits all across the board. Yes, we are about to do a lot of Halloween content on Patreon, on all our socials. Come get it. Follow us personally. Well, not like in real in life, but follow us on our personal accounts. Mm-hmm. I'm at Oh Hello It's Max. On Instagram and Twitter, Skylar is at No Crying and Cooking on, on Instagram. Instagram. What else? What else do we have to say here? Anything slide, else? Slide into our DMs to say hello. Slide as like your. No, I don't have anything. Never mind. <laughs> you should keep that. Okay, in. I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> Let's go. I need second lunch. Okay. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Stay horsey. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Why not? Okay. Okay. 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.